Hello everyone, welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Avid Khan and I talk about how you can start, run and sell a bootstrap business. This episode is called You Want a Tribe. Let's get started. According to Seth Godin, a tribe is a group of people that are connected to each other, an idea and a leader. So tribes are supercharged communities. They are dense networks of people who bond over specific interests, goals, these interests range from the mundane to the most personal and exciting topics. It really depends on your personal position. And no matter if you're into a certain line of shampoos or love drag racing or you just want to help the homeless, there will be a tribe of people dedicated to that activity somewhere. So what makes them so special? What makes tribes so incredibly attractive for bootstrap businesses? To flourish, a tribe really only needs the means to communicate and a shared interest. Tribes leverage social media and networks to find the platform and then allow their members to provide insights and distribute specific knowledge that is specific to the shared interest among the community. And there are two ways of participating in a tribe. As a member of any tribe, you can be a follower or a leader, and both roles allow you to be involved and benefit from the interconnected nature of tribes in different ways. To build a tribe around your business, you can step up as a leader, enabling your customers and those who could become customers to connect with each other while centering it around your product or your brand. But even just as a follower of the thought leaders inside a tribe, you will benefit from the knowledge and the expertise you'll accumulate. You will learn how people tick, what metaphorical language they speak, and what their needs and desires are. No matter if you lead or if you follow within the tribe, being part of it will give you valuable insights. People have this innate need for connection on every level of their lives. And as a business, you can tap into a few of those. Just be careful never to exploit them. There's no faster way of losing your customer's trust than to surprise them with actions that conflict with their understanding of belonging and connection. Don't go for the quick win because people are extremely sensitive to interactions where they are at risk of being exploited. Even a harmless remark can cause them to be at high alert, and it will be impossible to make a case for whatever you're selling if your prospect is skeptical of your honesty and reliability. Let people find your service. Don't force it on them. Leave traces by providing valuable content. Just don't throw yourself at your niche audience with discounts and savings. They will recognize this as a sale. And many communities really don't like that. And why don't they like that? Well, let's talk about the network effects within a tribe and the consequences of that. The network effects in tribal communities, they're powerful as people share a large number of commonalities within that group. When you reach out with a question, you can be sure that you will receive an avalanche of responses because many people will be able to relate to that. They may be very different as a tribe is not homogenous, but they will all be aimed at accomplishing a shared desire or a common goal. These commonalities in tribes are extremely strong, even though they might be quite diverse. Setting that goal is the job of the leader. Transforming the shared interests of your tribe's members into a common goal that your product can help accomplish is why marketing works so well in tribes. And tribe is like a grapevine. You will hear about little things quickly as they cause ripples which spread quickly through an engaged community. At Feedback Panda, the teacher tribe would often relay rumors and insider information from within their employers' internal workgroups and forums to us, and that often allowed us to anticipate changes long before they were implemented. And 
often we had weeks to build features and fixes to cope with new like Chinese educational legislation that affected the schools where our teachers taught. And we often had implemented and deployed our solutions before the schools were even done with their own implementations, even though they typically had hundreds of developers working on their stuff. But, you know, like uh, just a high number of developers doesn't uh, mean any kind of speed. But this kind of communication that we got from inside the community was extremely valuable to be able to provide a good service to our customers. And the speed with which information travels in tribes served us well when our product experienced problems too, either due to performance issues on our end or when our integrations broke. First, any sign of trouble resulted in the noticeable number of messages that just showed up on our radar when individual members started talking about getting uh, things getting slow. Others would chime in and state if they were affected too. And that way we could quickly gauge if this was a problem that was caused by our systems or a slow internet connection. So on, on their end of the individual teacher. So in any case, tribe members would try and help each other immediately, which decreased the load of our customer service desk. And that kind of canary system where you, you just look for messages, like an avalanche of messages. And if you just see one or two, it's not a big problem. But if all of the, the affected customers start talking about it at the same time, you can expect there to be a problem. And if you have an engaged community, you can automate that in a way. You can measure the density of communication in the kind of channels that you observe and look for keywords and see if they frequently appear within a super short period of time. That could be a hint of something going wrong. So you can set up systems to leverage this in particular tribes. It depends on the kind of communities that they're in and how automated you can be in observing the kind of communication in there. But let's talk about another great result of being a part of the online teacher tribe um, and that was that our most vocal evangelists were also among the most active members of that community. So whenever something happened, good or bad, they would amplify the message and color it in a way that would serve us in some fashion. Something good happened and they would tell their peers how we were constantly improving our product and their lives and made stuff easier for them. And if something bad happened, they would tell their peers that it wouldn't be a problem for long because we always strive to fix issues quickly and provide as much value as we possibly could. So these most vocal evangelists would take this up and communicate this. So they would, in any case, any message would make its way through the tribe and it would effectively be positive. Even if it was coming from a ne negative initial problem and it would shine a favorable light on our business without our involvement. And that is the most important part, right? If you have people in the tribe who communicate for you, you don't have to tell them anything. And if you're honest and if you're good at what you're doing, they will be honest and tell people about how good you are as well. And while there are many tribes already, I've been talking about existing tribes at this point, you can also play part in creating one. Finding people who share the same interests uh, but are disconnected is a good start because right? we see people all over the place that are not yet in a community. So facilitate them coming together and then freely exchange information without any coercion or expectations. Just allow them to communicate. A tribe evolves slowly. And that's super important. I'm going to get back to that later. And by guiding people to build a community, you and your business can be an important pillar of this long-term association of like-minded people. Speed is a very important point in this because like in a normal um, a real world community, like a village or a city, nothing really goes that fast. Like people slowly connect with each other and they slowly build relationships. And the tribe in particular as a community has that as well. 
Like if you want to be a leader in the community, you will have to work yourself through those ranks, right? It's not necessarily like the military where you get promoted, but you have to prove yourself. You have to make sure that people actually want to listen to you, but because they will not listen to you if you're not establishing your expertise or your willingness to help, to support, that is important. So let's talk about building a tribe. And I said just now, it takes time to build a tribe. People don't trust easily and they will be skeptical, particularly of business leaders engaging them in their communities. Like they see that you are a CEO or founder of a business, unless you are in the bootstrap founder or the indie hacker community, people will wonder what's going on. Many communities have experienced really opportunistic advertisers coming in and trying to sell them their products. And as a consequence, almost all of those communities have adopted policies that may look overprotective and overly cautious, but they are hard-learned lessons from keeping the community from being spammed and falling into disarray. Like many communities have perished under the kind of avalanche of spam and marketing. So the ones that have survived have built up a really thick skin. So that's why it's crucial to be a genuine contributor first. Don't rush in expecting that people will crown you as their leader within days because you have this one great blog post or just this cool opinion and stuff. It often takes a long time to establish a reputation in a trusted and uh, as a trusted and valued member of a community. So play the long game here. And it's really not a game or a strategy. It's just a, an activity, right? Just see this as a long-term project. Don't play a game at all. Be in it for the people and not for the money. Even if your business should fail, you'll still be in an excellent spot to try something else as a leader of a tribe of passionate people centered around an idea. Because the moment you are in a community, you will also learn and understand them as an audience with particular problems that you may have never thought about, that you may be able to solve, you just didn't think of it just yet. So you may come in with a business idea or with a business already existing, figure out, hmm, this is not really solving a critical problem, but as you are on this kind of path to becoming a thought leader or an influencer or a leader in this kind of tribe, you understand, oh, these people actually have more critical problems. Here they are, and here's what I think could solve those problems. And then you build a business from there, right? You pivot into the new knowledge, the newly validated problem, critical problem that you found. So think of being in a tribe as a commitment beyond your business. It's a community of people who look beyond products and services because they have this shared interest. An interest is not a product most of the time. An interest is also not a service most of the time. So even if you manage to sell your product to lots of tribe members, their overarching interest is still much bigger than your product. And understand that you're in this for a long time and act accordingly. A good tribe will be a fertile ground for your ideas, your offerings, your business, your service, whatever you want to do for a long time. So you may as well get comfortable and take part in growing and stabilizing your community. Because tribes are inherently stable. The idea is that they're self-fortifying. Right? A tribe is a group of people that cares about the group that they're in. It's not a loose association where it doesn't matter if you come or go. A tribe is something where you have reputation, where you have status. And not necessarily in this kind of um, overly status-focused Instagram-style sense. Like a reputation in a tribe is built on expertise and trust, not just on, on visuals or on a story, on a narrative. A tribe is genuinely honest most of the time, I guess, because honesty 
allows you to build stable relationships with each other. And I've written about all of this, of this topic, and, and of course, many more in my book, Zero to Sold. Um, you can find that on Amazon and Gumroad, and you'll find more on zerotosoldbook.com. So thank you for checking this out. If you're interested in the journey of me self-publishing this book, because that's also related to tribes in a way, I'm going to talk about this in a couple seconds. You'll be happy to hear that I sold almost uh, 1,750 books so far. So just short of 2,000 at this point, and it's it's pretty amazing. I publish weekly sales figures and other updates on Twitter. It's been a great journey, and I'm very happy and grateful for everybody who went on it with me. So thank you very much. And I would like to talk about this, this particular tribe, um, and the Feedback Panda tribe again. So let me just start, give you a couple more thoughts on the Feedback Panda tribe and then talk about um, the people that I'm currently involved with, the Bootstrap Founder tribe, I guess, and the Zero to Soul tribe. But first, Feedback Panda. I think what's important here too, um, I mentioned that we were talking about online ESL teachers, right? That was our community. That was our audience. But there are two tribes in here. The first one is teachers, right, is these online ESL teachers. And there's a lot of them in the world. There's like hundreds of thousands of them. They work for different companies. Some teach for the Chinese companies. Some teach for companies like that are located in the particular countries where the students are or in the United States and they teach remotely. It's a gigantic group of people, literally a six-figure, maybe even a seven-figure group. I don't really know. It's really hard to figure out um, how many people there are because there's so many businesses in this industry that are employing people remotely. And it's it's a it's a shaky number. Let's just say that. But then there's also a subtribe here. And that was our customers, right? The Feedback Panda teachers, the people using Feedback Panda, they themselves were starting to be a tribe. And Danielle, um, my co-founder, was the center of that tribe. Like she aggregated all these people around her. She built a community here. And of course, that means that she also, in some regard, ascended into an influential position within the much bigger tribe, the tribe that the Feedback Panda users were part of. It's like a tree, right? The Feedback Panda itself is a branch, and on that branch are multiple other subtribes, but the, the tree itself also um, has other people that are not in our group, not our in-group, not our audience. But it was a full overlap between the Feedback Panda users and online ESL teachers. And that is important. That is important because we knew that the Feedback Panda tribe had lots of connections into the ESL, English as a second language, by the way, teacher tribe. And we knew that anything we shared within our community would be transported into the larger community. It would be lifted from our little group of, I guess in the end, we had always had like 5,000 active teachers with all the people churned and all the people who taught and then stopped teaching and therefore um, stopped paying for our product. I think we must have been at around 15,000 15, something, maybe, maybe 20,000 teachers over the course of two years. Everything th that they were engaging with, they shared into this larger community. And we encouraged our teachers who had influential positions in either community, in ours, by being somebody who, I don't know, maybe shared a lot of good templates or was really good at telling stories to um, yeah, just share their message. And we encouraged them and amplified them, those well-known teachers and the, the ones that were themselves building personal brands because they had understood that being an influential teacher in a tribe, in a community like this, could give you certain benefits, could give you an audience for your products, could give you an audience for your services. And honestly, I... I 
I always describe Feedback Panda as a B2BC product, right? It's a product somewhere between B2B and B2C because we were not selling to businesses. We were also not selling to individual customers. We were selling to individual businesses. So we're selling to freelancers, essentially, freelancers and self-employed people. And a self-employed person is a business, but then again, there's no complicated decision-making process. So you can kind of see the decision-making just to be like in a B2C context. But people started to understand that they were actually businesses and were leaning more into the B2B side of the B2BC approach. And those teachers that understood this, they figured out, well, if I can build something off this, build a brand, be a person of renown and of reputation in my community, then I can leverage that. I can start selling courses. I can start teaching people how to teach and make some money of that. I don't even need to teach kids anymore. Now I can kind of train other people in the workshop on how to how to teach or how to build a business, a, a kind of a life out of teaching people online. So this kind of ecosystem of additional services around English as a second language teaching started to appear. And we figured out that those people who were actively building this ecosystem were also the people that we could amplify easiest to get our message across as many people as possible because they all try to talk to everybody in the community, right? You're trying to build reputation like this. And there's different levels of trust and engagement in the bigger tribe, in the teacher tribe, and in the Feedback Panda user tribe. And knowing that if we can get people to be super enthusiastic and super engaged within our own community, some of this will spill over into the larger tribe and allow us to talk to those people as well. And it often happened. Like I said, when something good happened, people that noticed it within our community would carry this into the other communities. They would say, oh, feedback, we're not just implemented this new feature. Look at this. Share the screenshot. And if something bad happened, then people would also complain about it in the bigger community, which is a risk, right? Because if you're not as well established in a gigantic community and people start, I guess, bad-mouthing your product, that, that is not a nice thing to see. So then having our community members jump in and saying, well, they usually fix this within a couple hours. Don't worry about it. That transports a message out there that you cannot buy. You cannot buy this kind of positive marketing um, that comes from the heart of people who actually believe it. So just wanted to make sure that even if you're talking about a tribe, it is located as a subtribe in the bigger tribe, and there's likely going to be little small subtribes within your tribe as well, right? In our case, maybe that would have been, I don't know, online English teachers using Feedback Panda who were from Texas or from Houston, and they could meet up, right? They could uh, exchange their information locally and, and uh, help each other with kind of stuff. So you can always expect if your tribe is big enough, it to kind of cluster into smaller tribes as well. Let me now maybe talk about Bootser Founder Tribe, like my own current audience that I'm engaging, probably right at this minute, I would say. Um, I started using Twitter more actively in November 2019. I had a Twitter account since I think 2011 or 2009. I had to rename it at some point in the middle. So um, my cool old 2009 Twitter account uh, is not does not exist anymore. Anyhow, it's been 10 years, right? It doesn't really matter. And ever since I started, I really, really slowly build up following. I wouldn't even call it a following necessarily. It's like 400 people over 10 years 
that is not a lot of followers on Twitter, but it was a solid amount of people who really liked what I sometimes had to say. And I wasn't really using Twitter much anyway. But in November of 2019, I started writing and I thought, hmm, I'm writing this for founders. So I might really just need to find where they are and listen to them, see what they're talking about, because I don't want to write stuff that people aren't interested in. And everything kind of uh, that I talk about has been talked about before by others, right? There's books about validation. There's books about building a product. There's blogs and podcasts and all of this about any single topic, um, maybe with the exception of a couple of um, acquisition-related things that I talk about in Zero to Soul that I haven't found much about because it's such a rare occurrence to actually have your business be acquired. But most of the other things, how to build a business, how to have an idea, how to validate an idea, the content is out there. And if you've already read this kind of stuff, then reading my blog might feel a bit repetitive, but the idea is to bring all of this information together for people who haven't yet heard it. And to know what people haven't yet heard, I had to actually figure out what they were asking for. So I started following people on Twitter. I followed actively every single founder that I had heard of before, successful founders. And then I started to see other founders that were right in the middle of things, building businesses. Some of them had podcasts, some of them had blogs, some of them had just a couple tweets every now and then sharing the pro progress of their business. But it was extremely interesting to see all these different kinds of people. And I just followed them and just read Twitter every single day. I tried to read every single message that those people um, pushed onto Twitter. And from there, and with my own things that I wanted to talk about, I made this list of blog posts that I wanted to write. And then I wrote them. And I wrote them every single week. And I published them, one of them, every single week. And I started my newsletter for accountability as well. And then I started my podcast to be able to use the content in an audio form too. All of this worked really well. And every single week, I just showed up and published. And I think that at some point got recognized by people. People understood that I was not there for just a couple of days and then I'm going to vanish again, but I was in there for the long run. So growing slowly, providing the value of my work over time has built a much bigger audience than the 400 people that I started with in November. I think at this point today, I'm maybe at 7,200 people. I When I released the book, um, Zero to Sold, I think I was at 4,800 at that point. And in just releasing the book, I think I netted over 1,000 followers that week, that first initial week. Turns out the first week I also sold 1,000 books. So that was kind of cool. But yeah, it, it's just... Um, there, there's something in the, the bootstrap founder indie hacker community that I want to talk about that makes this particularly interesting. And I think you can find this in every engaged community because the, the community that I'm talking about, founders who want to either want to build a business or have built a business or are building a business just anywhere along this kind of journey, they're extremely active and a very positive crowd and they're lifting each other up. They're teaching and learning at the same time. And it, it is particularly something about entrepreneurs because you understand that every single one of us is standing on the shoulders of giants. Like we would not be able to do what we're doing if it wasn't for people building the foundational blocks of infrastructure, of knowledge, of insight. And we, we find them all over the place every single day because we look for them. We want to understand what is the best tool to use for building a business. How do you best build a business? 
what is the strategy over the long term to build a sellable business? And all of these questions have been answered by people who've been there and done that. So that is understood within our community. And people understand also that those people have been failing before. They have tried things and they didn't work. No, no founder is an immediate success. Right? Every founder has a journey and a story of failure, mistakes and errors and things that didn't work, things that broke, things that almost ruined their financial stability if they ever had any to begin with. There's so many stories where people just didn't really um, get to a point of success for many, many years and then something happened, something unlocked and the success started to happen. And you never know when that is. You could be working for a couple of years and have a success then. You could start out and just be lucky and have success uh, the first time and then fail a couple more times after. There's no guarantee for success, but there is a guarantee for opportunities because if you increase your opportunity surface, if you just allow for things to happen, something will happen more likely in the foreseeable future. You never really know when, but there will be something that comes your way. And I always, yeah, I recommend people trying to understand what an opportunity surface is, like saying um, that by allowing things to happen in your life and welcoming them, even though they might not make sense at that point in time, even though they might not be the big success you're looking for, just taking the learning from this is something that you will always have. And in my own personal journey, I mean, I've been doing this since, what, 2002, 2003? Been here for like six, 16, 17, 18 years. Um, I started like studying computer science and failed horribly at that, but I was in a, in a web development agency and started programming there for, for money, and that was fun. So I understood that there was something that I could do that was also enjoyable, that was producing real things for real people. And then I went and had a couple jobs here and there. I had a full-time position there. I had remote positions for other companies here. I just tried a lot of things. I even studied political science at some point because I thought, oh, I might want to learn something else that may be relatable. And it turns out that there's a lot in sociology and political science that is applicable to business, particularly in understanding a consumer psychology and consumer behavior patterns, just like the tribe thing that I'm talking about today. Right? If you understand how people congregate and how interests and um, information is channeled throughout a society, a tribe is just a society in a much, on a much smaller scale. So if you have some sort of meaningful definition and understanding of that, then it makes it much easier to also communicate it. So when I talk about it in the book, I use vocabulary that I kind of learned about while studying philosophy and political science. And at that point, there was no clear indication that I was ever going to run a business. But turns out I did, and it was really useful to me. So what I'm trying to say, the long game starts long before you join a community. Like You and your personal experience is what makes you an expert. And the community welcomes experts with additional information that is not grown within the community, but comes from the outside. So if you can contribute to a community, to a tribe, by bringing things from another point of view, another perspective into this community, they will welcome you with open arms. And that is what has happened to me and the Bootstrap Founder, the blog, um, Zero to Sold, the book. And just let me let me talk about the book maybe for a second. I shared the journey of writing 
with my followers from the beginning, right? Every Obviously, I wrote every week, but also at some point I started to write tweets that were more meta, more about like how I'm writing or how I feel or what people might want to know. And when people started figuring out that I was actually writing a book without knowing it, they told me about it. All these blog posts, they had a structure and I figured it out at some point, put it into the compendium. And then people said, well, this should be a book. And I said, okay, well, then I guess I'm going to make a, make a book out of this. And I started documenting the journey, started documenting how hard it is to actually write a book, how hard it is to edit a book, how the interactions with the editors work and, and how, how that was kind of crazy because they were using technology from the late nineties, apparently. And all of this stuff engaged people in a way where it was just honest. It was just the honest story of struggling to do something for the first time. And by writing about this and by showing up every week, that they that kind of made people very interested in just following this journey. And it kind of also gave them something without asking, without me asking for anything in return. And when I then launched the book, when it was right for at the time was right for that, and I was finished with all the editing and the typesetting, and you know, all these these weird little things that you need to do to actually make a thing into a book, my community rewarded me quite graciously. And they still celebrate and share the book because I'm still engaged with them, right? I didn't just like build up a community threw my book in there and then took a four months vacation. I'm still there every single day. And that that is also an important part. Like um, tribal structures are supposed to be permanent. Like a tribe is a mutual beneficial system that is has a permanence baked in. And you can't fake being part of a tribe or liking people of a tribe for long. Honestly, you see these kind of Twitter accounts that are trying to become thought leaders in their space. They pop up and then they publish, 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 and then it kind of wanes out and then they vanish. Building relationships is a long-term activity and there are no hacks. There are no life hacks here or kind of growth hacks to build a following. I mean, there are means to speed it up, but you have to want to be in there. That is true for Twitter, and that is true for any particular community that you're in and that you want to serve. So maybe let me close with this. When you're looking at a tribe, you want to not just have a tribe. You need to want to be part of a tribe for your business, for your future, I guess. The business is just a part of it. Look at people that are building a software in the podcasting space. Look at Justin Jackson of Transistor FM. Like he is a bootstrap founder. He's a founder that talks about founders and building businesses about the podcasting space every single day, or at least almost every single day. And when he talks about it, people listen. And they listen because he has something meaningful to say. They listen because he has experience and because he has actually skin in the game in this tribe. Like his product is part of the podcasting space. He needs to know what's going on in there. So people listen because they know that this is not just somebody who wants to like some attention or who wants to like sell people something. Obviously, he does that, but he also truly cares about people who podcast and people who share information, who teach other people. So imagine that this is the kind of level of expertise, of public display, of your own excellence that you need to show. And if that's all that you get out of this aspiring to be like Justin Jackson in terms of being engaged with the community, I think it's a good start for any bootstrap founder within their own audience. So I'm going to close with that. Find the tribe, 
be part of it, become a leader if you want to, become somebody who's engaged with the leaders if you don't want to have this kind of responsibility, but just make sure that you contribute, that you share, that you help, and that you empower other people in this community. Thank you for listening to the Bootstrap Corner podcast today. You can find me on Twitter at Avidkal, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. And you can check out the blog at thebootstrapfounder.com. You can find my book, Zero to Sold, at zerotosoldbook.com. If you have any questions about this episode, reach out on Twitter or send an email to arvid at thebootstrapfounder.com. If you want to support me at a Bootstrap Founder, please leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. And it'll help other founders and founders to be find the podcast and learn more about starting, running, and selling their bootstrap businesses. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.